welcome to say it's the first time I've been here on the Lord's Day. I've been to the ladies a few times over the years, but to be here on the Lord's Day. And uh, I was asked by three places for today. So Gary got in first. So there you are. Let's begin with prayer. Our gracious God, we give thanks that we're able to gather on this lovely day. And it's the Lord's day. May we rejoice and be glad in it. And Lord, we do pray for help for us in our worship here. And be with those away from us. That they will be blessed where they are. And Lord, any who are not able to join us or not well, we remember them too. So Lord, do draw near to us, we pray. Help us, Lord, around thy word and in our praise and worship together. Forgive us of our many sins. And we ask it all in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's sing our first hymn, number 46. Begin the day with God. He is the rising sun. His is the radiance of thy dawn. His the fresh day begun. 46. God's word from 
from, we're going to read four uh, short psalms, Psalm 120, 121, 122, and 123. They're all short psalms, and they're all songs of degrees. So that's Psalm 120 through to 123. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper. Woe is me that I sojourn in Meshech that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in. From this time forth and even forevermore. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of a mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God, until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. May the Lord bless to us the reading of his word. Let's sing again our second hymn, 672. O Lord my God, I stand and gaze in wonder on the vast heavens thy wisdom have ordained. 672.
Our gracious God, we give thanks that thou art a great God, as we have just sung. O Lord, we live in a world of great sin and confusion. And yet, O Lord, our comfort is that our God is great, that our God is sovereign, that he rules and reigns on high, that he is building his church, and that for his people, that all things do work together for good. O gracious God, we sometimes find that difficult to believe, but help us, Lord, to believe it. And Lord, may we take much comfort in knowing that our God is great and in control. O Lord, we do come, we do give thanks that we're able to gather in this way on this Lord's Day, another lovely day for weather. Lord, we know that we haven't had much rain, which is having quite an impact around. But we know that our God is in control of the weather as well. Oh, gracious God, we do come, we do pray for thy help for us here this day in our worship and in the ministry. Help us all, we pray, in preaching or listening. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Be with those who are away on holiday and preaching and those who are unwell or working. We remember all such and draw near to them in their situations we do pray. And we pray for the preaching of the Word of God elsewhere as well this day, locally and further afield as well, and throughout the whole world. And may the gospel sound go forth, we do pray, in this desperate day in which we live. O Lord, we do come, we give thanks for our Lord Jesus Christ and why he came into this world to save sinners. And may our hope be in him, we do pray. For there is no other hope, no other way of salvation, no other way to heaven than through the Lord Jesus Christ. And realizing that we are sinners and that Christ is the one who will save. O oh Lord, we do come, we do pray for our land, Lord, in all its need at this time. We pray for those in authority. We pray, O oh Lord, have thy hand upon who the next Prime Minister will be, which we will know in the next few weeks. Go before there, we do pray. We pray, O oh Lord, for those who are struggling as a result of the cost of living or in other ways, O Lord, at this time. And, O Lord, we pray that they may be directed 
to the Lord Jesus Christ and that they may see that the things of this world are cannot satisfy but the Lord Jesus Christ can satisfy more than satisfy he is everything to the believer oh what a saviour we have and may we know him as our Lord and saviour here this morning we pray Lord for other lands oh Lord we think of the economic situation in Sri Lanka we think oh Lord of the war in Ukraine the effects of that globally the tensions also over Taiwan we pray for the persecuted church in our world throughout the world the Lord's people are being persecuted we have it in this country but perhaps in a different way but, O oh Lord, draw near to thy people, we pray. And just have thy hand upon the authorities of those lands and that they may show more help and support for Christians. But, Lord, we pray, just go before and undertake for thy persecuted people, we pray. And we know that the Lord will build his church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Lord, do help us. We do pray now. And Lord, we do pray that this may be a a lovely day for us. One that is uplifting spiritually for us. We do pray. And help us to remember the Sabbath, to keep it holy. So undertake, Lord, for us all here, perhaps the concerns that we have individually or for loved ones. Oh, gracious God, to draw near and help us to cast our burdens upon the Lord, to cast our cares upon him, for he careth for us. So, Lord, do bless this house of God here and the dear friends here. And just go before, and may Christ indeed be at the centre of all our lives, we do pray. So hear us and do forgive us of our sins, and we give thanks that the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. So hear us. We pray in Jesus' name we ask it and bless thy word to our hearts. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Let's sing again our third hymn, number 84, based on Psalm 46. God is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present aid. Number 84.
I want to just draw your attention, please, to Psalm 121. This is a song of degrees or ascents. And Psalms 120 to 134 all have this title, a song of degrees. So why are they described like this? Well, there's various ideas. One, because of the excellent matter of them. As eminent persons accord men of high degree, as in 1 Chronicles 17.17. For in them are contained, as learned men have observed, many doctrines or instructions of great use and importance, and those delivered with extraordinary brevity and elegancy. That's, that made me think. I remember my sister-in-law's husband, who is a, a vicar himself, hearing me preach once, and, and he said, yeah, you said some good points, but you took quite a long time getting to the main point. And I kind of always thought about that and remembered that. And so it is, isn't it? It's a case of get to the point. Don't keep waffling on. Get to the point. And these psalms very much have great uh, elegancy as well as brevity. Secondly, with these perhaps reasons for the title of the Song of Degrees, because they were sung upon the 15 degrees of stairs of the temple, or at least upon some high place. Thirdly, because they were sung with a very loud voice. Fourthly, because they were sung by the Jews when they returned from Babylon and went up to Jerusalem, and that's the most likely reason. And fifthly, because there was a peculiarity in their poetry or manner of singing them. In 2011, which is 11 years ago now, Anne and I went on holiday to Austria. And on one particular day, we had travelled 500 miles by coach from Liège in Belgium uh, to the ski resort Kirchberg in Austria. For about 500 miles, it took about 12 hours uh, on the coach. And it was, it was April, so all the skiers had gone, all the, the snow had gone, the skiers had gone, but it did snow when we were there, so we did have the bonus of some snow, but there wasn't any skiers there, so it was quite quiet. But when we were traveling from Liège down to Kirchberg, obviously going through Germany, and 
sort of quite a, quite a contrast. When we got sort of to Austria, then we, then we looked at the hills and the mountains. This was God's creation. Tremendous, you know. Just before we, we got to the resort, you know, we stopped and we had this magnificent view of the mountains and hills. But throughout the day, we had, we had seen other things, but they were sort of man's inventions. We had passed at Hockenheim the Grand Prix uh, racing circuit. And then when we were going through Stuttgart, we passed the home of Mercedes-Benz, the manufacturers of the Porsche and fast cars. And then as we got down to Munich, then we saw, looked out at the window on the right-hand side, there was a big stadium, and that was the home of Bayern Munich Football Club. So we, we'd had these sort of man-made great things that man had made. You know, fast cars, circuits, uh, football stadiums. But then when we got to Austria, we were confronted with God's creation, these mountains and hills. Isaiah 51, 12, verse 12 says, I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die, and of the son of man which shall be made as grass? And forgettest the Lord thy maker that have stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. So really... What is man in comparison with God, our creator, and the creator of, of these magnificent things that we see in creation, with the hills and mountains and seas and sky? And it's tremendous, isn't it, what God has created? And man's ability to make things whether it's big stadiums or whatever. It's nothing in comparison, but man has been given the gift, the ability to do that by God, of course, himself. But in this psalm, we sort of have three headings. And the three headings are helper, keeper, and preserver. And the first is helper. In the first two verses, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. That's when I looked at those hills in Austria, and that made me think of this psalm. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Yes, we do well, don't we, to look up to God our creator, our help. The Psalms, for example, speak much of God's help. 
an important theme. Thou hast been my help, Psalm 27, verse 9. The psalmist relying upon the help of God in the past. And then make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation, Psalm 38, 22. Make haste to help me, O Lord, Psalm 70, verse 1. God has helped me in the past. He'll help me now. He's the same God. And he'll help me in the future too. And we can say that, can't we, of God? And we've just sung, and that's based on Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And that's a comfort to know, isn't it? That God is a very present help in trouble. There are many times when we perhaps are in trouble and the situation is, is very raw and we need help now. And God will give that help. Maybe, maybe through a person, or, or, but God is there to help us now. God isn't going to say, well, I haven't got time to help you now. Wait until next week. No, God is, we can call upon God now to help. And when we particularly need it, God is there to help. And sometimes the help from others isn't always very helpful. Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Psalm 60, verse 11. But we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, and verse 6. Yes, others do help. Perhaps sometimes they don't help. But we are thankful, of course, for the help that others give us. And maybe the, that's how the Lord will help us, through the help of another. But they can let us down, can't they? We, I'm sure we let people down as well. Remember Joseph there in the prison. And uh, he, with the butler and with the baker... And he interpreted their dreams, and, and it was correct the outcome. The butler would be restored to being a butler for Pharaoh, whereas the baker would be executed. And Joseph sort of just mentioned, didn't he, to the butler, well, remember me when you're, you're back, you're free, carry on with your work. But he forgot about him. And Joseph remained two years there in the prison. It was obviously in the purposes of God that that should be so. But he would have thought that he might have remembered, you know, in, in, in the light of how his dream was interpreted correctly, he would have thought he would have remembered Joseph. But uh, no, he didn't. And then two years later, but it was all in the purposes of God that what happened happened. And at just the right time then, of course, 
was the famine and everything which you read of in Genesis, which we won't get into. So there's much help, isn't there, that the Lord gives, and many references to the help that God gives. And then we have keeper, in verses 3 to 5, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. If your feet don't move, they must be on a solid foundation. And there is no more solid foundation for us as Christians than God and his word and his power and being. And may it be that our, our, our feet, that, are, that our, our lives are, are founded uh, upon the Lord. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. But we have this theme, don't we, of keeping. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And Philippians 4 verse 7 one of my favorite chapters is Philippians 4. I love that chapter. And that verse, verse 7, The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And Jude 24, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. 1 Peter 1, 5, Who are kept by the power of God. And 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. There's a mention of shade. And we know a shade pro provides protection, doesn't it? Uh, like, from the heat, for example, particularly in this weather that we've been having. And then also right hand there mentioned at the end of verse 5. An important hand, a working hand. You know, as often is said about, he is my right hand man or something like that. Now I'm left handed. Uh, but I actually find that my right hand, my right arm, is actually stronger than my left. So though I'm right with my left hand, if I'm going to carry something, it's stronger in my right hand, my right arm. So, uh, so I sort of I seem to be stronger on this side and yet I'm, I'm sort of left-handed and when I used to play football or I played it much at all I, I would uh, be right-footed 
But in cricket, I was, I would bowl left, left arm bowl, and and left arm batting. And I used to play for my uh, village team years ago when I was a uh, at, at school, and then we had a sort of a, a colt team, uh, the Colts, South Newton Colts, they were called, and. Uh, I remember going out to bat and I felt quite important because I was the only left-handed batsman in the team. And so all the fielders of the other team, they, just all keep, they have to keep changing around, you know. They have to say, well, we better, well I've got to go over that side. And uh, so I felt quite important uh, because they all had to sort of change position because... I was going out as a left-handed batsman. But they, they, they didn't have, very often they didn't have to do it for very long as I was soon out, but anyway. Well, when you're sort of thinking on the sporting analogy, thinking of like a, a wicketkeeper in cricket or a goalkeeper in, in football, and these... They, they are important positions uh, in the team, but they can be very much unnoticed. If, if the wicketkeeper, the goalkeeper is doing what they should be doing, uh, you know, quite efficiently, then they kind of get unnoticed. They only get noticed when they suddenly do something really good or really bad. And then they get noticed. I went to a, a local match yesterday. And uh, the team that won, the goalkeeper, uh, was very good, actually. He did a couple of really good saves. And so, so he was noticed because he did that. Whereas the other team's goalkeeper, he didn't really have to do... Uh, he didn't really... He didn't really do anything wrong. He didn't really do anything outstanding. So he kind of, well, he was there, but he wasn't really noticed. But the Lord will, will keep us. And, you know, life is busy and, and things happen in our life and we we perhaps kind of we not sort of necessarily forget God, but we don't give time to God that we should. You know, with all that's going on uh, in life. But we know that the Lord has always got his eye upon us. He's always keeping us. And, you know, nothing, uh, he doesn't miss anything concerning us. And he will keep us in all that we go through in, in life. And somebody, you know, once was asked, I think he was, he was quite an elderly man, uh, he was an elderly Christian, and he was asked by somebody else, how are you? And then he just said, I'm being kept. It's a lovely phrase, you know, I'm being kept. 
you know, the Lord is keeping me. I've had trials and tribulations and upsets and disappointments, but the Lord has been keeping me. And can we say that too in, in life? That Yeah, we, we have trials, we have tribulations, but may, may we know that the Lord has been keeping us. Perhaps the greatest example of one suffering is Job, of course. We know what happened. You read the open chapter of Job and one thing after the other uh, happened to him. And yet he still blessed God, didn't he? His wife wasn't any help. Curse God and die, curse God and die she said. But not with Job. He said, the Lord gave the Lord has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. That, that's quite something, isn't it, to be able to say that, particularly when we think of what happened to, to Job. Uh, sort of one thing after the other that you read of there in that opening chapter of that book. So it's a comfort for us to know, isn't it, that our Lord is our helper and our keeper, our protector, our strength. And he doesn't slumber or sleep. He doesn't, he doesn't, he has his eye upon us. He keeps us all the time. He's always watching out for us, isn't it? He neither slumbers nor sleeps, and he doesn't grow weary. That's, that's the so, isn't it, with, with God? He doesn't, you know, he, he's without sin, he's without fault. He will keep us, he won't grow tired. And if we are the Lord's people, then we will be kept and kept forevermore. And then thirdly, we have preserver. Now, sort of a definition of preserver, a, a person who maintains something in its original or existing state or condition, a substance used to preserve food, wood, or other materials against damage or decay. That's quite a useful little Definition, verses 6 to 8. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. But think of the other definition that I read about a person who maintains something in its original existing state or condition. Now, if, if we have known the grace of God, if we are generally saved, then we can be sure we won't ever be lost. Somebody says, you know, I've lost my salvation, then you have to query whether they had it in the first place. But no, if we are chosen before the foundation of the world, 
saved in time. And if we are generally saved, then we'll never be lost. We will, we won't fall, as that verse in Jude says, but we might sort of stumble around a bit. And we might back, backslide. We might uh, have problems and and perhaps lose something of the joy that once we had as a, a Christian. That can happen. But we can never ultimately be lost. So that's a comfort to us to know, isn't it? That we can never uh, lose our salvation because we are kept, we are preserved by the, the Lord, uh, by God. Uh, speaks in John of, of being no, no one, nothing can pluck us from the Father's hands or the Son's hand. It's like double security. You know, no one or nothing can pluck us from the Lord's hands. The sun and moon are blessings to us but can be wrongly worshipped, they, they are. But also we have to be careful about the sun, that it can blind us. We don't look directly at the sun, do we? Because that will blind us. I think it was Spurgeon once had a conversation with somebody who didn't really believe in God and creation. And... Uh, And I think that, uh, that he couldn't see God or anything like that. He was really doubting this, this man in conversation with Spurgeon. And then Spurgeon said to him, well, look up there, point into the sun. And he said, well, I can't. I can't look at directly at the sun. It will blind me. And, well, if you can't look at something God has created, then... How can you expect to sort of see God? You know, trying to use that to sort of help him realize the risk of God. And there's a lot of things that, that, that we can't see that we believe. We believe in air, we believe in wind, we believe in bacteria. We can't sort of see these things, but we know they uh, exist. And of course we know also the sun can be injurious to us if we sit out in it too long and it can burn us. And the moon's rays too can be injurious, especially in countries where the sky is clearer. But the Lord does preserve us and from all evil and though we're surrounded by evils, and of course, our own hearts too, you know, we are the Lord's, we have remaining sin, we, we still feel the effects of sin. But the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. When it says about going out and coming in, it's like sort of our public service and our private service. And that the Lord knows 
all our movements. And it makes us sort of think about our lives. Is there a consistency about our lives? We can come to a house of God like this on the Lord's Day. And then during the week we go to work or a shop or... And then when we're at home, on our own, or with family. But is there a kind of a consistency about our lives that people, when they see us in public, well, we're the same person as in private? Or are we sort of different? You know, as the Lord's people, may it be that there's a consistency about our lives that, yes, we are seen to be truly the Lord's people in our homes when we're quiet or when we're gathered like as we are now or when we're at work or wherever we might be. May there be a consistency uh, about our lives. We know, don't we, of how the Lord kept his people there in the, uh, in the Old Testament, the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by, by night, the, the leading and the keeping, uh, and the, the sandals that were worn and every, you know, the Lord preserved uh, uh, his people and fed them. And that was a lot of people. So we can be sure that the Lord will provide uh, for us, the Lord uh, indeed will, will keep us and preserve us and help us. So may it be that we know that, that God is our helper, our keeper, and our preserver. And that we know that 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 we know the Lord Jesus, of course, as our Saviour, that we can say, yes, yes, the Lord Jesus is my Saviour. And I, and I know that indeed, as one of his children who he loves, yes, he, he does help me, he does keep me, he does preserve me. And... Yes, we'll never be lost. And that's a wonderful thing to know, isn't it? That Yes, one day we will, unless the Lord comes back first, we will pass from this world. But we need not fear that, do we? If we're trusting in the Lord, if, our, if we know forgiveness of our sins, if we know that the Lord Jesus is our Saviour, then we need not fear even death, because death is just then the entrance, isn't it, to eternal life. And, you know, I'm sure that if we go on holiday somewhere, so we're really looking forward to going on that holiday uh, and see, having a rest and, and seeing perhaps the magnificent scenery of that place or something like that. But I mean, the, the thought of, of, of being with the Lord forever, 
I mean, it far surpasses even, uh, even the, the best thoughts that we can have of the best possible place that we could go on holiday to. So may it be that we just have, that we know that we are, that we are sinners, we're still sinners, even as believers who are saved. We're still sinners, there's still remaining sinner, but we trust that grace is reigning uh, in us. But may we know that, that, that sweet uh, help and, and, and that comfort of knowing that we are saved, that, that the Lord has that daily is keeping us and helping us and preserving us and that we need not fear anything. We don't know what's going to happen, do we, in life? Uh, Even the rest of today or tomorrow, you know, we we don't know for sure. We expect to do certain things, but we don't know. But the Lord knows. The Lord goes before. So may we know the Lord as our Saviour and may we say yes, by experience, I know he's helped me, kept me, preserved me, will continue to because he's an unchanging God. Uh, what a wonderful God he is. And may, may we, we know him more and move for grace to love him more. We'll leave, leave it there and uh, this evening I will uh, pick up on another theme, a bit more to do with prayer this evening. But just leave those few thoughts with you this morning. Amen. Number 90 to close, based on Psalm 121. Under the hills I lift my eyes. From whence doth come my aid? My help is from the Lord alone, who heaven and earth has made. Number 90.
God our Saviour, to glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen.